when you find an old demo, did, does it take you back to that place and that time when, when you wrote it? Or, it really does. It really does, Dave. I mean, it's a funny thing. I, I, um, I'm so dedicated uh, to music. It's, it sort of brings home to you. Here I am, you know, in my 60s, and I'm looking back to times when I was writing these songs and when I was 18. And I remember Paul McCartney once said that when he heard some of the early Beatles tracks, he said, my God, we were really good then, you know. Um, and I have a little bit of feeling like that sometimes. When I play the demo of We Built This City and These Dreams, which, you know, went on to be number one songs, um, when I did the demos, I thought they were so an uh, so amateurish. And when I played them to people, I was a little bit embarrassed because it was just eight track and just me with the keyboard. It wasn't really um, polished. And now, um, like Paul McCartney listening to the Beatles, when I is the early demos, when I listen to those songs, I, I'm sort of amazed at how how um, clever they are and how disciplined they were on a on a small eight-track recording. You know, I'm sort of a, sometimes a little bit overwhelmed with how focused I was as a young man doing those demos because I now see them like a different person. I sort of listen to them and go, I can see why people were attracted to the demo of We Built This City. There's a lot of um, energy and it's yeah. very well arranged. So over time, your perspective on songs changes. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Now, how many of those demos, Martin, were instrumental, and how many were vocal? Is it, is it pretty even, or because I, I know you, I know every couple of years you put out an ambient record or an instrumental album. Well, that's an interesting question, Shane, because I I've only really started doing instrumental tracks in the last sort of three to four years. I never mm. in the early days it was all about song singing. Um, oh, wow. It's all about that for me when I started. It was we were really looking for commercial success. Myself and a, my songwriter partner Brian Fairweather. We were we were really just trying to be songwriters. Um, and so all the songs from the past are, are me writing. It's interesting um, listening to the demos over the years and doing this podcast is that there were so many different styles, and that's been one of my. Um, sort of revelations to myself because I bought so many um, records. I was a real collector of vinyl. So I was very influenced by the records I bought. So one song would sound, you know, like the Beatles. One song would sound like uh, the funk and Stevie Wonder. One song would sound, you know, like um, maybe folk-oriented. So I was right across the board. That was very interesting to me. But as I got older in the last two or four years, I, I, I sort of had a desire to do some ambient instrumental music because when I was at art college in the 70s we were listening to bands like Tangerine Dream and uh, uh, Krautrock and a lot of unusual music was coming through in the 70s tubular bells and so it was a fancy of mine to try and do that and um, I've enjoyed that process as well but no the demos in the early days were all and all, all, all singing all singing yeah mm. that's wild. that process of going from a demo to, you know, cutting the track. Can you talk about, especially for these dreams and we built this city, what was it like for you to go from that demo process to to see the track cut and, and recorded, mixed and mastered? What was that like for you? Um, it was, it was um, pretty magical and fascinating at that time because, those two particular songs, um, I'd only been in L.A. for maybe a year, 
and I was trying to break through, and suddenly a publisher put me with Bernie Taupin, um, Elton's lyricist, and Bernie was interested in working with me, and I was from a sort of new wave techno band, a band called Q-Feel, so we yeah. were using synthesizers, and we'd broken through in, on K-Rock in LA with a song called Dancing in Heaven, so it was, it was a risk for him. To, they were trying to make Bernie move into the future by working with me. We met up, we got on, and then he just gave me two lyrics up front, which were like testing lyrics to see if he wanted to work with me. And they both were. Uh, we built the city in these dreams. And, of course, I wanted to impress Bernie. So my demos were, even though they were on 8-track at home and just in my living room, I worked hard on them. And suddenly, We Built the City was taken by, at first, the motels. The motels were interested in recording it. And I was thrilled because it proved to Bernie Taupin that if he worked with me, we, other bands would want to cut our songs. And um, he was breaking away from Elton for a while. Mm, and yeah. uh, then Starship took an interest. And they took, I went to the studio just to hear the track being built up. And I knew the keyboard player who was producing it, Peter Wolf, an Austrian producer. And he was copying a lot of what I did um, from the demo, but also sort of making it a little bit more, I suppose, commercial and rock-oriented for Starship. And I'll be real honest with you, um, when, I, when they called me down to the studio at the end of doing it, um, Starship were excited and Grace Slick was saying, listen to this, we think we've got something special. And I, I remember thinking... I don't think it's as good as my demo. <laughs> I remember thinking, this is crap. And I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I thought it was like a German march. You know, I thought it was too stiff because my little demo was a bit like Shock the Monkey by uh, Peter Gabriel. It was a bit more funky and dark. Mm. And Bernie even liked the demo because we sort of, um, we swung it a bit more. And um, I was a bit like, what a shame. You know, they haven't done it how I would have liked it to be. But I think I've said it many times, as soon as it went up the charts and get near to number one and I was hearing it all the time, I started to appreciate that it was pretty good and it was, and it was doing the job, you know. Um, but it was, it, it was quite strange, uh, Dave, to hear what you did in a living room. Yeah. Um, you know, one keyboard on a little Fostex quarter-inch tape machine suddenly become animated to 48 tracks in a large studio, and to see it race up the American charts so fast. Even now, you know, over 40 years, we built the city is still being is still uh, oh, yeah. resonant. It's ridiculous. It's it's I just you know first song I ever wrote with Bernie, and uh, 40 years, and it's still we get you know rec uh, it being requested for movies and TVs as an advert. Um, uh, you know, about four or five years ago, it was number one in England at Christmas with a, <clears throat> an artist called Lad Baby, who changed the lyrics to, we built this city on sausage rolls, you know. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now there's an advert going around that said, we built this city on, to we built this city on repairing toilets. And I'm like, how did this all happen, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we, we, I'm in I'm in Detroit. We should we could do you know we we built the city on cars, the motor city. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think it's just the right title. I thought yeah. Bernie must have come up with it. And you know, they've always got to ask Bernie's uh, um, you know favorable response for going forward. And he, he seems to say that it's the song that never stops giving. So you know, we're we're quite pleased that it's got lived had a life this long. But I think he just he had the right title there. We built the city on. Anything. I mean, you just fill the word yeah. and we're away. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Did you have an idea? Did you have an idea, Martin, that that was going to be such an earworm that was just going to 
it was going to stand the test of time? Did you have a good feeling? No, Shane. No, I had no bloody idea at all. I must admit, I had one job to do, and that was to make a song uh, appeal to Bernie. And I had to send a cassette to Bernie's house. I didn't really, we weren't real friends. We'd met up, and this was a tester. And then when he got the cassette, he called me on the phone and said, you know, Bernie Taupin comes into the 80s. He was very pleased with it. I was basically trying to make a very atmospheric track. I mean, people should listen to the demo. It's on my website. But the demo was had a darker element to it. Um, I was very influenced at that time by Tom Dolby and uh, his yeah. album, The Golden Age of Wireless. And so yeah. his tracks, you know, like One of Our Submarines and Wind Power and Blinded by Science, I was really very influenced thinking he's made a very exceptional melodic high-tech record and so we built this city with a mixture for me of rhythmic uh, Peter Gabriel and the kind of now I look back the melodic uh, and uh, romanticism of the Buggles and uh, Tom Dolby so uh, I didn't for a band like Starship to do it I just thought no no way you know that's a rock band that I'm not really I don't, I'm not crazy about Starship you know who, who are they and I was my head was in Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark and uh, Thompson Twins and yeah. my band Q-Field. So I, when I finished it, I just wanted to excite people. I had no idea, Shane. No, I mean, it, I, I talk to my manager now about it, Diane. I just say, I can't. When she calls me and says, there's another movie wanting these, uh, once we built the city, another advert. I just go, I can't fathom how one song. And it's interesting, you know, I, I meet people on the street and you, you, you're talking to them and they go, what do you do? So I'm a songwriter. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what did you write? And I go, we built this city. We built this city. It's like my gardener knows it and the poor man does it. It's my car. It's my calling car, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's strange when you write. A, I mean, I, I've written a few that have done that. But, you know, when we think about Elton John, the Beatles, they've written so many of them. But when you've written one song that everybody seems to know, it's a strange it's a strange feeling because I had, again, to your question, Shane, when I finished it, I had, I didn't even think it was that commercial. I just thought it was going to excite people and make Bernie talk and want to work with me again. Yeah. Yeah. Do it's you, interesting. Go ahead, Shane. Go ahead. No, I just do you kind of look at that song now, Martin, is like it's no longer yours. I, I, I've we've heard that a lot before yeah. when a song gets so big, it's just yeah, it's out of it's out of you. It's it's away from you now. It's everyone. That's such an interesting question. So I've never been asked that before, and I've never really talked about it before. But you know, just just thinking about that now, in a way, I'd say yeah. You know, it's. I see it as me and Bernie's song, but as you say, I sort of feel like it's been taken over by the world. Um, when it, It's been a hit in England uh, two times uh, later than when it was released by Starship, and that's the young kids that discovering it again. You know, um, uh, they, they found it all over again. So I think you're right. I think a part of me feels like that's the poem I started. That's the thing I started, but now it's everybody's. It's a great question, and it's the first time I've thought about that. Um, but you're right. I don't think I took I think it's everybody's because um, even when people say to me, oh, yeah, we built this city, you know, I go into the dentist, and the dentist says, you know, oh, I, I love we built this city, you know, and another person will go, I loathe it. I hate it. It's one of those kinds of songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those kinds of songs that seems to, you know, be – 
in everybody's life in some form. Uh, it, you know, it, it is, I think, everybody. It does seem to have gone into a different place. Even Diane said there's probably a chance that it's going to be put into some kind of award for being iconic of the era of the 80s. You know, it's, uh, it seems to be becoming an iconic um, sign of what the 80s were, good or bad. Hi everybody, this is Ron Halford. The Rudy Sargent. Hi there, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just Rick Emmett a triumph and we're talking rock with Dave and Shane. Hey! <laughs>